Welcome back to Guarding Talk, back on to NURFM. Greg Richard joined, as per usual, by Scott Sharp. Christmas show, Scott, last one for the year. Yeah, it's the last one for the year. It has flown past. We've had so much fun. It has. It's been what? This year has been super quick. It has been a super quick year, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's just flown by. It might be that theory that we're getting older and therefore... Time is speeding up. Time is speeding up. <laughs> Scott, what have you got for us today, our Christmas show? Well, I thought we'd talk about uh, if the reindeers leave some scat. Some scat. Some scat around. Can you use it as a fertiliser in your plant? So we'll have a chat about that. Uh, if you've got a ficus, a big fiddly ficus, how should you look after that? And the beautiful red flowering gum, we will talk about those as well because they're out at the moment and looking lovely. Excellent. And we've got Graham from Rutherford and he's got a question about camellias. Hello, Graham. How can we help you? Uh, Scott, um, we've got had some camellias, and they really um, play out nice through the year. But all, all of a sudden, they've all the leaves are starting to die off. Oh, okay, that, that doesn't sound too good. Now, the camellias you've got are they the smaller leaf sasanquas or the bigger leaf japonicas? Uh, no, the um, the single ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I done? I, I don't know whether it's right or not, but. Um, I, I cut a couple back. Yeah. And and they were green. Yes. And so you reckon they will, will reshoot? Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely reshoot. My feeling is, uh, like most plants at the moment, they're not very happy uh, no. with, with the weather and the lack of water that's down in the soil. Yeah. Uh, camellias don't have a you know a massively deep root system, so they really can't tap into any subsurface um, you know moisture um, that's yeah. down too deep. So I, I think that's going to be the problem. Just watering them at the moment, um, some deep soaking around them, just to try and bounce them back. Uh, yeah. The other thing that'll happen is if you prune them back, any shoots that come on now uh, will be fresh and green. So they're going to need protecting uh, just to try and, uh, you know, by watering them as much as possible uh, because yeah. they're fresh, they're new, they'll come out, it's very hot, it's still very dry and they'll get burnt. So uh, yeah. watering is going to be very important even when you see those leaves come back on. Yeah, and even um, I, got a, um, I got a load of um, compost Garden soil? Yes. And put around it? Should that, be, that, that help? Look, that should be fine. What I would do, though, is because the plant's stressed already, I would avoid any fertiliser uh, around the plant um, yeah. because it just has to process that uh, as well as you know being stressed about the heat. So no fertiliser um, for your plant, um, for your camellia at the moment. And in fact, I would say that uh, you know almost across the board at the moment for uh, a lot of plants, just you know hold back on the fertilising at the moment and just make sure that your plants are well watered. Yeah, right. I think. Thanks for that, Scott. I, okay. thought, I, I thought they might have went to heaven. <laughs> oh, no, look, if they're still green inside, uh, that means you, you'll get them back to life, mate. All right, then. Thanks, okay. Scott. Good on you, Graham. Yeah. And have, have a, a nice... Good... You too, mate. Yeah, same to <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> okay, see you, mate. Bye. You can both say it. We, we can do it. We should just do... We could, you know, manage it ourselves. We'll say, have a nice Christmas, and you could say, and a happy new year, and we'll sound like a really great team. Right, yeah. yeah. Like we've do practiced I, it. Do you want to practice that now? Oh, or? not right now. <laughs> we've got Josh now from Deer Lambton, and he's got a question about the mango tree. Hello, Josh. How can we help you, mate? How you doing there? Um, yeah. yeah, just not long moved into a place at New Lambton. I've got a mango tree in the backyard. Yes. Um, so I discovered the fruit sort of... Um, growing on it now. I just want to know what I can do to um, invigorate the growth, I suppose. 
Uh, look, just watering at the moment. Uh, that's going to be the main thing uh, to keep your mangoes, you know, on the tree and not dropping off if the plant gets stressed. Uh, the other thing yeah. you could do uh, is get a product called copper oxychloride. It's a fungicide. And although you should have sprayed earlier when the flowers are actually on, um, giving it a spray with that copper spray will stop any fungal disease spreading down through the fruit. So I, I would also do that at the moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah, look, no, with, a, with a mango, there are you know there are tropical, subtropical plants, so they obviously just require lots of moisture. We're not getting it at the moment. Um, so whatever you can do to try and help the plant along and, and get it to retain that fruit and get nice juicy fruit on there uh, is the main thing you can do, the best thing. Thanks, Matt. Okay, Josh, you have a nice afternoon. You too. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Rod from Spears Point. He's got a question about the passion fruit. Yeah. Hey, Rod, tell us about your passion fruit. Listen, mate, um, there you go. Yeah. I've got a passion fruit by mate. It's gone ballistic. Uh, I've got heaps of passions on it, but it's overtaking the garden. Like, it's um, climbing up me tomato plants and... <laughs> Everywhere, and I just wanted to know whether I could prune it back. Would that make it drop its fruit, or yeah? So it's gone a bit rogue on it. On you, has it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, you you can prune your passion fruit back. Uh, the trouble with them is because they, you know, they go everywhere. They intertwine with, you know, you can't uh, pick out what that main leader is. Yeah. Uh, you just have to be really careful about it because sometimes you can cut you know what you think is just a you know a branch or whatever you know heading off into the distance and all of a sudden you've cut a main part of the plant and you know it dies off so uh, look certainly you can just give it a light shave back um just be careful about the way you prune it uh you shouldn't get the passion fruits dropping off uh but otherwise just make sure it's being well watered uh because like the mango we're talking to josh from lampton about uh obviously you want nice juicy fruit you don't want to open up those uh, passion fruit uh, later on in the year and find out that they're, um, you know, all dried and wizened inside. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, just plenty of water and, uh, yeah, try and keep it under control. Okay, mate. Thanks for that. Okay. Have a nice afternoon, Rod. You too. Bye. Bye. Christmas is getting close, Scott, and you're talking about reindeer scat. Scat, yeah. Well, I figured that... A polite term. Yeah, scat. Well, you know, Sandra will be coming along Christmas Eve, flying around, doing all the things. Looking after the kids. Sliding onto roofs. Yep, so you might wake up that next morning and find some reindeer scat. Yes. Around the veranda. Possibly. Well, you've got to clean out the gutters. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Happy doesn't know. What if he comes down the chimney too heavily and breaks part of the tree? Exactly. So many things, you know, gardening and Christmas have in common. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> so, look, I look, I was just, you know, jokingly thinking about reindeer and if you could use the scab, well, they're just a deer and they eat, you know, normal, you know, green things. So, yes, you could use that on your pot plants if you needed to. Right. Isn't reindeer a separate breed to actual deer? Yeah, they look different, don't they? Well, one's got a big red nose on them for a well, start. Well, they do and they, they can fly as well, those mm. ones, yeah. And they live in the tundra or somewhere, but look, they're just eating green, uh, gr- you know, grass like any normal deer. So, yeah, that's exactly what the reindeer... If you had the reindeer scat around it... Uh, I was, when I was doing my little bit of research about reindeer scat, I also found out there's recipes as well out there um, to make reindeer scat or poop. Okay, yep. Um, so it's just a chocolatey sort of thing you can scatter around for the kids as well if you want to. So to make them think that... Uh, Bear yes, in mind it's lunchtime for a lot of people Santa the has been. I'm just repeating what I found on the interweb. Nothing more than that. <laughs> Ill-advised. You should, you should have ran that past me before we started. We, but look, yeah, look, normal reindeer scatters is going to be high nitrogen. If you find some, feel 
Feel free, free to, to use it. To toss it on the, on the, on garden. the garden. Yeah, to do, do wonders for the garden. Excellent. This yes. is going well. So we've got Bobby from Carry Bay. We've got a question about the fig tree. Hey, Bobby. The heck- fig tree, Scott. Yes, yeah, so I cut it uh, well back last year. Yes. And it's it's come back very well, but um, the top of it's just gone to the sky. I, I've cut it back. Have I done the right thing or the wrong? No, you can certainly cut back a fig tree. Uh, and look, the fact that it's still growing on you is, is a great thing. Uh, now, we're talking about edible figs here, aren't we? Say again? We're talking about the edible figs here. That's correct. Yeah, there's so many different fig trees out there. You know, there's the ornamental ones, and people just use the name generically. But, yeah, look, you can certainly cut back your fig tree. You did say last year. Um, it's still growing. Like you said, it's gone great guns. But you're what? it's just going a bit tall and up to the sky, is it? Oh, yes, yes. Like, it, it hasn't got any fruit up uh, or probably about two metres high. Yeah. And then, then it's gone to the sky. But I had that trouble last year yeah and i didn't bother uh cutting it back but i put the netting over the top and of course it broke through the netting mm-hmm. so what do you want to give it a prune back now do you and try and tidy it up well i've uh, given it a prune back now mm-hmm. but as i say did i do the right thing or the wrong thing no no look you've done the right thing don't don't be concerned about that uh the only thing you might have done is um you know, just reduce the amount of fruit that you're going to get on there by that prune back. But uh, the best time to to cut a fig back is obviously when it's lost all its leaves and it's, uh, you know, become deciduous. Um, That is the best time to do it. But you can certainly cut them back now if you need to. Well, I I cut it right back uh, last year and um, I coated the cuts with uh, liquid tar, which um, sealed the top of it. Yeah, that, that's the correct thing to do. There's a product called SteriPrune uh, you can use. Uh, we had a, a caller uh, last week or the week before rang up and said you can use cinnamon as well. Yes, beg your pardon? Yeah, we had a caller uh, a couple of weeks ago ring up and say that you can use cinnamon to seal up the ends of uh, you know pruning cuts on figs and other plants, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah actually, that, that lady rang up about orchids, but uh, I, I would think that using cinnamon... Um, you could use that on any plant. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, the um, tree is quite a big tree, actually. Yeah, look, and I, I've grown to love figs as I, as I got older. At first, I, you know, I wouldn't touch them, but now I, I just love eating them. I eat them, uh, you know, just straight, um, you know, without anything on. You can dip them in honey as well. That's a nice thing to do, I've learned. Yeah, Sprinkle so, honey other so time. that yeah. we... Um, we really love them. Yeah, and and such a such a tough and, and versatile plant. Um, you know, you don't have to let them get too big, and you still get enough figs on them. The only trouble is, like you have found out, is that the uh, the birds like to come and have a go at them, so you have to net them. Um, so yeah, but look, a, a, again, a very tough and versatile versatile plant. Uh, like you've done, you can give them a prune back, um, and they don't really require much uh, fertilizing or water, and they tend to look after themselves. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we did have last year was a uh, lyre bird coming in and uh, thinking, well, these are pretty good. Ah, a, a proper lyre bird, was it? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, oh, where are you out around some bushland, are you, Bobby? Uh, no, just behind the shopping centre at Kerry Bay. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, mate. Well, um, good luck with that. Um, you sound like you've been doing the right thing and uh, hope you get plenty of figs off it this year. Thanks very much, Scott. Okay, you have a nice Christmas, mate.
Same to okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. They're great figs with honey. Oh, yeah, I love them. And it was one of those, a bit like an oyster, really. You know, you have to come to it later in life and start to enjoy them. Fair enough. That's true. Yeah. I never used to like oysters as a kid. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the look of them that the kids don't like. Yeah. And, and figs as well. You know, you, you, t- you know, they get that sort of furry feel to them. But, uh, yeah, beautiful to eat. Excellent. Yep, easy to look after as well. Just a little bit of drizzle. Don't dip them in honey. I just think of drizzle. Yeah, see, I, I always go too far. <laughs> and we've got Grant from a redhead, and he needs advice about growing strawberries and raspberries. Oh, yeah, Scotty, I've got no idea. I need help. <laughs> well, look, we're, what we're, am I doing wrong? What's, what's uh, been going on? Tell us what you're doing. Everything wrong. Um, they're, they're not... Um, nothing much. I, I, I just got them in some pots, and um, I don't know what to do, Scott. What, what would you recommend? I've, I've given some sea salt. But um, I don't know. I didn't water them a little bit when that heat thing comes through. Um, probably all, all of the above I'm doing wrong, I think. Yeah, so strawberries, you probably have a bit more luck with growing in pots. But because you're growing them in pots, Grant, you have to make sure you are watering them properly because they're yeah, going to dry out quicker than yeah. if they're in the ground. Um, when the flowers come up, sorry to interrupt, Scott. That's right. So when they get the little flowers come out on them, yes. do they turn into strawberries? They do turn into strawberries. That's Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, you want to try yeah. and keep those flowers on there. Yeah, um, yeah. Mate, look, as far as sea salt goes, great for the root system of the plant. Um, but as far as you know, helping the fruiting and flowering, um, you know, not uh, it, it helps not, for not it helps for you know yeah. gives it creates a, a healthy plant, but it's not necessarily feeding those specific portions of the plant uh, that you want to create the nice um, you know juicy strawberries. So uh, I would be using more of an all round fertilizer, um, using something more with some more potash in there, for instance, to prove, you know potash. promote that fruiting and flowering. But any of those yeah. general all round ones, I think, would be a little bit better for you rather than the sea salt. Don't stop using it, but but, uh, use it in conjunction with some other sort of fertilizer. So, so, so potter, Scott. Um, I've got a couple of blueberries. They're going okay. Yep. But um, I, I, I've had these raspberry plants for about two years now, maybe a bit, you know, two or three years. They haven't got a. a I haven't got a bloody raspberry. I haven't got a raspberry often, Scott. Sorry, excuse me. No, that, that's um, that's all right. I, look, raspberries are uh, more of a brambly type. You know, running yeah, plant, yeah, yeah. yeah, like blackberry, yeah, yeah. So you have to think about where you're going to try and plant those and have them run. If and especially if you've got them in pots, you'd have to have them going over some sort of trellis and contain them. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's your problem. The other thing is that raspberries need a little bit of chill as well to get that really nice taste uh, to them. So. Uh, look, a bit of what? Sorry, Scott. Uh, chill. They, you know, they like that chill. So they're probably better growing. Uh, you know, up. Uh, you know, west of the ranges, oh, yeah, oh. or Cessnock, somewhere like that, in one of yep, the hollows yep. around there. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, although the plant will grow for you here in Newcastle, you're probably not going to get the best result out of the yeah, out of the yeah, fruit yeah. on there. So, so mate, yeah, long, look, long, long the short, Scott. So I'll just talk about top again. So, get rid of the raspberries, grow more strawberries, and and the blueberries. Why are the blueberries going good? Uh, they're just a tough, resilient plant. They're very easy to look after. Uh, look, yeah, yeah. And with your strawberries, make sure you get them into a position where you know they're getting some sunlight, maybe up yeah, until about yeah. two two o'clock in the afternoon. Same with the blueberries. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, but look, Blueberry's very easy to look after there. We're big fans of them here on this show and people often ring in and tell stories about how easy they are to look after and uh, yeah, we have to agree. So, mate, and and yeah. they're better than ones than you get from the shops, Matt. So, so out of Blue, I've got to go, Scotty, but um, you, you, you're fantastic. Um, you, you've got the best radio program and you're, you're really knowledgeable. Um, so out of Blueberry, Strawberries and Raspberries, what's your favourite? Uh, look, I'd be definitely going the Blueberries. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, mate. Well, anyway, I've got to get back to work, but um, th- thanks a lot for that, mate, and um, you do a good job. Keep up the good work, and Merry Christmas to you. Good on you, Grant. Merry Christmas okay. to you too, mate. Cheers. See you, Scotty. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye. And Happy New Year. And, uh, very good. Week. Charm again. We did wear a team. <laughs> Blueberries are good, though. They are. We are the fans of the blueberry here on this show. It is. We're very pro- pro-blueberry. We are. <laughs> We've got Shah now from Markwell. And we've got a question about fruit trees. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. How can we help you? Okay. Um, everything's dead, virtually. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's not a good spot to start from, but we'll, well try and help you. it looks dead. Yep. Um, and, it's, you know, naturally being on um, level four, but it doesn't matter. I've got my own water, but yep. um, even so, I'm buying it in all the time. And I'm sure it's going to get to a level where I can't buy it anymore. So... Um, Okay, uh, I had a. I've got mainly citrus, as in oranges and lemons, lemonades, tangelos, um, and mandarins, and things like that. Yes, that, they were all fabulous. Do I prune them? I've taken the fruit off because I don't want the tree to waste its energy on the fruit. Yes, you can, and especially if it's very dry. I've seen and heard reports of people, you know, cutting their citrus trees back very heavily to try and save them, uh, you know, through times of drought. Yeah. Um, so that is a, a thing to do as well. You can cut your tree back quite heavily just to actually protect it. Um, but certainly you've done the right thing by pulling the fruit off it. Uh, if it's really dry and you can't water them anyway, that fruit's not going to be very juicy. So you're best no. to yeah cut the tree back, get rid of the well, fruit. The, the, the reason about cutting the tree back, I thought it would yeah. try and grow new growth. Well, it does. It will grow new growth, and that's where you get the new fruit for next year as well. So pruning your citrus back, uh, you know, yearly uh, is is a good idea. Uh, yeah. Never letting them get too tall. No, uh, that's right. Well, I'd normally do prune them. I always keep them at sort of you know reachable height. Yes, and um, if that's a word. And um, but the point is, is that I just you know unless it rains, I just can't really waste the water on them yeah so look don't just yeah prune them back like we've been talking about to try and protect them don't fertilize them at this point in time we were talking uh, earlier on to a a caller and just saying at the moment when plants are stressed because of lack of water fertilizing them is not going to be helpful it's probably going to be harmful in fact because they just can't process uh, you know great amounts of fertilizer at the moment so steer clear of that Uh, any water you can give it and uh, fingers crossed for the rain thing as well Mm, mm. okay so Okay, I'm not putting more stress on it by 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 them trying to grow new growth. No, not really. I, I look, you you could just leave it as it is yeah. uh, and leave that the sort of the hardened off leaves up the top, yeah. um, which provides a canopy to the the uh, you know the rest of the plant in underneath. Yes. If you do prune it back, you just have to be aware that that new growth is going to be very soft and very green and will be uh, susceptible to burning. That's about the only problem you're going to have. Well, yeah, that's, that's what happens, yeah. you know. All the new growth does burn. Yeah. Yeah. 
okay. you're fine because there's not much water and you give your plant a prune back. It'll stay in almost a dormant state. It won't shoot its leaves out very mm. very quickly. It'll be you know quite a long time before it does that. Well, what about a light prune instead of a heavy prune? Yeah, absolutely. You can do that as well. You're just reducing the uh, you know amount of moisture that the plant needs. So definitely yep. a light prune, a third of the tree if you need to, and that should be fine. Okay, thanks very much. I've been wondering about that, so hopefully it's not too late. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks, Sean. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, we've got Joy now from Brankston. She's got a question about Banksias. Hello. Hello, Hello Joy. How can we help you? Uh, Scott, I've got uh, a very old... Bank, well, it's not very old. It's uh, about four or five years old, Banksia, yeah. which I grew from a very sick plant, and it's now about... 10, 12 feet high, and it, last season it flowered. It had something like 45 to 50 brushes on it. Yes. Um, which, which, of course, now are getting very old. Should I take them all off? Uh, look, you can do that. It's, it's really just the uh, aesthetic um, appearance of, of the plant that you're doing that for. Uh, once they're old like that, they're not really taking any energy out of the plant uh, any seeds have probably already been dispersed out of them. Um, mm-hmm. So really, you're just cleaning those off now to tidy up the appearance of the plant. Right. Well, I wasn't sure if to take them off now or leave them another year or, you know, what to do with them. So Yeah, look, it's not going to, uh, you know, uh, increase, you know, the flowering of the plant uh, next year. It, it's really just tidying it up and making it look a little, look a little bit better for you. Right. And am I likely to get another good flowering this year? Uh, look, that it all depends. If you get your first good flush uh, with the banksia, you, you may. But again, the dry conditions, uh, most plants are going to you know hold back on that at the moment and remain a little bit dormant. So I would say this year with the banksia, you're not going to get a great second flush. No, all right, okay. Well, I know they're, they're dry plants and they don't they don't mind having dry weather. Uh, they don't want a lot of watering. No, they certainly don't, and they don't like fertilising either. Um, no. And look, and like we've just been saying to the uh, previous callers, certainly not at the moment. If you were to fertilise your banksia, uh, you'd just use some blood and bone, for instance, or a native safe fertiliser. But blood and bone's a good safe fertiliser to use on any native. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. I'll go down and clean it up. Okay. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Joy. And we've got Paul from Mount Hutton, and he's got a question about Melaleuca. Hi, Paul. How can we help? I reckon you're going to be the last caller for the year, mate. I am, I? Yes. Well, I'm privileged. Here we go. <laughs> How can we help? Look, I, I live in the villa at uh, Mount Hutt. Yes. And over the last five and a half years, I've put in tibetunas. Yep. Um, with, the, with the water restrictions now on, uh, are able to survive a dry season the same as the Melaleuca? Look, my, my answer to that is going to be a resounding yes. Uh, which Tibichinas have you got in the low-growing ones or the taller-growing one? The lower-growing ones, the purple-flowered ones. Yeah, that's Tibichina jewels. It only gets to about a metre, a metre and a half. It's a really nice uh, little compact shrub and gets heaps of purple flowers all over it. I have seen Tibichinas growing in some of the most awful conditions that you could imagine. Uh, we use them in a landscaping job uh, out at that Steel River area uh, out at uh, Mayfield uh, West. 
And the soil there, I think it had been sort of cut back uh, and it was just almost shale and sort of this rubbish soil uh, that these plants were growing in, very dry conditions, very hot conditions. And Paul, they grew an absolute treat. They were, in fact, one of the best plants uh, out there. Uh, they just continue to, to you know, grow and flower. Uh, we gave them a prune back every now and again, but certainly they were a very, very resilient plant. And it makes you think, um, you know, why? Because they actually are native to that, uh, you know, that area up around Alstonville where they get a little bit more rainfall. Um, but they just seem to be a plant that will survive for you. So, um, yeah, certainly they'll do just as well as a melaleuca will for you. Oh, that's great. That's great news. That means I don't have to water them every two days. I can let it go for three or four. Yeah, absolutely. What other sort of plants have you got out there, Paul? Well, mainly at my, at my age, I've mainly made it, made it um, as maintenance-free as possible. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, uh, um, uh, a frangipani out the front of the house. Yes. And I've got, uh, I've got. Uh, uh, other plants that seem to survive quite well. Azaleas seem to, uh, uh, you know, they seem to survive quite well. And I've just put in a number of, um, what was the name of that shrub I, I put in, darling? No, no, the, the, you know, the green bulby type ones I put in the ground around the tipitunas. Sorry, no, that, that, that's 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 all right, Paul. But look, you've got your frangipani there as well. Um, yeah, look, they're a very tough plant. They'll certainly um, withstand the drought conditions. Azaleas are a little bit shallow rooted, but if you're keeping them growing, um, well done. Uh, but mate, look, those tibichinas are a great plant to have in there in these dry conditions. Um, yes, all... we, sorry, that's all right, I'll mate. We're just part. going to wish you a very merry Christmas and thanks for being the last caller. Oh, and same to you, and blessings on you too. Okay, thanks for that, Paul. You have a nice afternoon. Okay, thank Cheers, you. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, Paul. That's all for Gardening Talkback for 2019. Flown past again, had some great callers, and uh, next year, hopefully, yeah, we'll have the same wonderful callers um, ringing in, asking questions of us, and we can help them out. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Scott Sharp, you have a good Christmas, and we'll speak to you next year. And Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.